Children of God, I'm back with part two, just as I promised. I said that I would come back with the second part of I'm not turning to my neighbor this year. So let's talk. In the book of Acts, chapter 2, verses 41 through 47, it says this. Then they that gladly received his word, which was Peter's word, were baptized, and the same day there were added 3,000 souls. The people gladly heard the word. They received the word, the preached word that is. They were baptized, and that same day, there were added 3,000 souls. Question. What are we doing wrong? Peter preached. Not the stranger that was sitting beside anyone. Peter was not a motivational speaker. He was a preacher. Peter used the divine method of preaching and his delivery was anointed. Preaching is a method. It's a method for for getting God's word across to the people that they may be able to gladly hear, receive, and be baptized. Preaching is that way that we do it. Preaching is a method. Somebody remember that. Preaching is a method. It's not the fivefold ministry, but it's a method. It's the way. It's the manner in which we get the gospel across under the anointing. His delivery was of such that when he preached, the people heard it. But I like it that the Bible said they gladly received it. They gladly received it. Peter was not ashamed of the method given to him to reach the people. Romans 1, 16 through 17 says this. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also to the Greek The Bible is saying to us today, you, preacher, you turn to, to the unbeliever. You turn to them, that the new babes that come in. You turn to the drug addict. You turn to the, the prostitute. You turn to those, those that are ready to come out of their lifestyle but just don't know how. You do it. Don't use catchy phrases to do it. Use the gospel of Jesus Christ. The people need the gospel. Pastors, I hope you're listening to me today. The people need the gospel of Christ, which is the only thing that will change them. 
the only thing that will save them. The gospel is the only thing that will heal them. The gospel of Jesus Christ is the only thing that will deliver them. So, having said that, can you, pastor, preacher, can you just use God's divine method, which is called preaching, to reach God's people? He knows how he wants his people reached. He knows what he wants said to his people. He didn't ask you to be a motivator. He didn't ask for motivational speaker. He didn't ask you to be a change agent. He gave you a new name. He gave, before he ascended back into heaven, he said, this is what I'm going to set, set into the body of Christ. And this is your name. He called you an apostle. He didn't call you a motivational speaker. He didn't call you to use catchy phrases. He has his own phrases that he wants you to use. He called you to be a prophet, to be an evangelist, to be a pastor, to be a teacher. He gave you the names that he wanted for the kingdom of God. Not the theater, not the college. He gave you a name. So, what he's saying today is, cease from using all the unscriptural catchphrases, all those buzzwords, all those cliches. Kill the motivation of speaking in the house of God. That's not my pay grade. These are some of the things that we use. I talked about that last time. That's not my pay grade. Well, what does that mean? Taking it to a new level. Everybody's going to take it to a new level. But you have not even mastered being a new creature in Christ yet. We've got to level up this year. Where is that? Where can that be found in the Bible? And what does that mean? If you were talking to a new babe. If you were talking to an unbeliever. And you said, in this church right here, in my church... We're trying to level up. Would they know what you mean by that? Would a new babe know what you mean when you say we're leveling up? Would a new babe know if you say to them, we're all change agents? Because you know when we have the church, we have the mixed multitude sitting there like little birds with their mouths open, waiting for something, hungry. And you're talking about being a change agent? All they know is the preacher. What does that mean? It means nothing to them. They know that you're a pre- they know about a preacher. They know about a pastor. Sometimes they know very little about a prophet, but they know absolutely nothing about a change agent. They're like, is that like a CSI person? Is that a FBI person? What is a change agent? Come on, guys. Just be a preacher. In short, just be a preacher. The one sent by God with an anointed word to save his people, to bring about healing and deliverance and 
and change in their lives. And just because you're the one to do that, to bring about change in their lives by way of the Holy Spirit, does not mean that you are a change agent. You have a name. And it's not change agent. So this year, have we all agreed that we're going to stop turning to our neighbor? We're not going to allow our neighbor to preach to us. Have we all agreed that we're going to have enough holy boldness to say to our neighbor, I don't do that. I came to hear the preacher, the, the sent preacher. Listen, if you want to have souls added to your church, then cease with the entertainment and just preach the pure words. Cease with all the catchy phrases. Just give them the word of God without hype. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. That's what they need to hear. They need to hear you talk about the power of the word, that the word is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. That's what they want to hear. That's what they came to hear. But they won't get that from the stranger sitting next to them. They won't get that. Pastors, the people are hungry. Feed them. Feed them, please. And I think I, I'm pretty sure I told you this in the last segment. That you don't know whether or not your church is their last stop. And even if I did tell you, I'm going to repeat it. And I'm going to ask you the question. How sad would it be to find out that your church was their last stop? But you didn't feed them. You were appointed to preach to them. But you made a declaration that y'all going to help me preach today. Your church was the last stop. But all you did was use grand words, had them touching their neighbor, hugging the neighbor. In fact, I, I heard something really sad this morning. I heard a lady preaching on the television and she said to somebody, she said, turn to your neighbor and slap your neighbor upside the head and say, neighbor, now, I don't know how you feel about that, but I know that's not pleasing to God. It's one thing to say, turn to your neighbor and say, But I think it's out of control when the prophet says, turn to your neighbor and slap your neighbor upside the head. We're out of control. 
And I don't know how many pastors are listening to this podcast, but I'm going to ask you to do me a favor. Pass it along. Pass it to as many pastors and prophets and evangelists that you know. Pass it along. And again, I'm going to say to you, it's time for you to wake up. It's time for you to become accountable for your own self, for your own walk in, in the Lord. It's time for you to take some action. It's time for you to say, I'm not slapping anybody upside the head, and I'm not going to allow anybody to slap me upside my head in the house of God. And you got to let the pastor know, I did enough slapping out there in the world. I didn't come into the house of God to do any more slapping. I just want to be preached to. I just want to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. Praise God. So, pastors, if you are listening, your church might be somebody's last stop. That last stop. You don't want them to go home after sitting in your church and still make a decision that I'm going to end it all. How clean will your hands be? Or do you even care? In case you don't really know what you need to say to the people, I'm just going to give you a few little scriptures. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. That's a good one. Just say that. Just use that phrase. That should be catchy enough. Get God's word and hide it in your heart. I think that has enough to it. In today's time when people are desperate and in despair, you could tell them that heaven and earth will pass away. But God said that his word would never pass away. Preachers, they need to hear that. Matthew 24 through 30, 24 and 35. They give them that. You don't need to dance, you don't need to shout, you don't need to sweat, you don't need to work hard. Just say that. Tell the people they're waiting there in desperation. They're scared. Some of them don't even know where their next meal is going to come from. Some of them are without jobs. Just tell them, I got a word for you from the Lord. The Bible says that heaven and earth will pass away, but my word concerning you will never pass away. Tell them that forever, O Lord, Thy word is settled in heaven. Just, Pastor, you look them in that face. You got the mic. Look all around your church and say to them, God's word concerning you, sister. God's word concerning you, brother. God's word concerning you, children, is forever settled in heaven. And then tell them, it's a done deal. 
God's mind is made up concerning you. Concerning the fact that he says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. You do that. The person sitting next to someone don't know how to do that. They have not been given that charge, but you have. These are divine scriptures. Use them. Do your job. Fulfill your obligation to the assembly of God. Yes, many things in the world have changed and are forever changing. But God's method of dispensing his word and saving souls have not changed. He says, I'm still doing it the same way. Just because it's 2020, I have not changed it. I have not converted the preacher into a motivational speaker. I have not changed. I said in my word, how can they hear without a preacher? Not a speaker, not a motivational speaker, not a change agent, not someone who's busy leveling up, whatever that means. How can they hear without a preacher? You're the preacher. He's talking about you. He's talking about me. And how can the preacher preach except he be sent? Who's preaching in your house and they have not been sent? Who have you allowed behind the sacred desk and they have not been sent? The people that you're telling to turn to somebody and tell them that God is good and that God is good all all the time, you don't know the state of their spirit. You don't know the state of their mind. You don't know the state of their heart. He never sent the neighbor. He sent you, the preacher. So cease from all the performing arts of entertainment. Leave that stuff for the theater. Leave that for BET. Listen. Jesus is coming back. His word says that. It says that no man know the day nor the hour. And since he says that we don't know Don't let him come back and catch your church, your body of Christ, turning to each other, leaping for a word, running seven laps, using cliches. Don't let him come back and find that your church is doing that foolishness. Remember the word, for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. The gospel of Christ is the power of God unto salvation. It's the gospel. There's nothing else. The gospel of Christ has power. 
So, why are we preaching so many other things? For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it is the, say it with me, the power of God. It is the power of God unto salvation to everyone who believes. For the Jew first and also to the Greek. It's your job, it's my job as a preacher to turn to the unbeliever and tell them that. Turn to the new babes and tell them that. Turn to the drug addict who's just sick and tired of being sick and tired of themselves. And they're, and they're waiting to be healed. Waiting to be delivered. Turn to the prostitute if you have them. Who's just tired of their lifestyle. Tell them that the gospel of Christ has power built into it to help them, to change them. Tell that to the alcoholic, to the hopeless, to those that's in deep despair. Say that to them. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation. You got a ready word right there to preach anytime you called on to preach. You got a ready word to preach every Sunday. The people don't need a change agent. They don't need a motivational speaker. They don't need someone with a a handbag or a briefcase full of catchy phrases. They just need the gospel of Christ, which is the only thing that will change them. The only thing that will save them. The only thing that will heal them and deliver them. So, I beseech you now, can you just use God's divine method, which is called preaching? Can you just do that? I pray that you can, and I pray that you will. And by all means, as I close with this part two, Don't tell anybody to turn and slap somebody upside the head. Remember who the people are today. I don't think a whole lot of people are going to allow someone to slap somebody upside the head. And if you were joking about that, if you just said that in jest, how dare you use God's sacred desk for that kind of foolishness? Children of God, I thank you for listening. Remember, if the shoe fits you, wear it. But if it's not your shoe, then may the Lord bless you real good. I thank you for listening. I am the storyteller. God bless. Children of God, 
Let's talk. Stop calling God out of his name. Do you remember back during the olden days, I'm going to say the olden days, when children had natural affection for their parents, especially for their mother? Remember if someone would call their mother out of their name? Those were fighting words. You could call that person out of their name. That's one thing. But if you call the person's mother out of their name, that was going to be a fight. You had something, you had trouble on your hand. You had brought about some real, some serious trouble to yourself. Well, that's the same thing with God. When you call God the big capital G-O-D, out of his name, you asking for trouble. You have brought some serious trouble to yourself. He's saying to you today, call me by my name. Call me by my name. I am the Lord and there is no other There is no God but me. Isaiah 45 and 5. I am the Lord. And there is no other God but me. I am the I am that I am. He's God. Let's just talk uh, just a few minutes about some things, about who God is. Because maybe you call him out of his name because you don't know his name. You don't know who he is. I'm going to read some passages of scripture for you. Thus saith the Lord, thy Redeemer, and he that formed thee from the womb, I am the Lord that maketh all things, that stretches forth the heavens alone, that spreadeth abroad the earth by myself. <laughs> he said, I did that, I did all those things by myself. Call me by my name. Thus said the Lord. That said to the deep, be dry, and I will dry up thy rivers. That they may know from the rising of the sun and from the west that there is none beside me. I am the Lord, and there is none else. Call me by my name. I created the heavens and the earth. But my name is not earth. My name is not heaven. My name is not the universe. Though I created the universe. God is saying, how dare you 
pay homage to the creation and not the creator. Call me by my name. Isaiah 45 and 8 says this, Drop down, ye heavens, from above, and let the skies pour down righteousness. Let the earth open and let them bring forth salvation and let righteousness spring up together. I, the Lord, have created it. I did it. I created the heavens and the earth. I have made the earth and created man upon it. I, even my hands, have stretched out the heavens and all their host have I commanded. Call me by my name. Stop calling me out of my name. Look unto me and be saved. All the ends of the earth, for I am God and there is none else. Look unto me, pay attention to me, and be ye saved. All the ends of the earth, for I am God and there is none else. Say that to yourself. Say, God said that he's God, and there is none other. God said that he's God, and there is none else. Stop calling him out of his name. He says, I am the first, and I am the last. Don't call me by another name. I'm going to give you one other scripture. To whom then will you liken me? Or who shall be my equal? Said the Holy One. Lift up your eyes on high. And behold who has created these things. That bringeth out their host by number. He calleth them all by names. By the greatness of his might. For that he is strong in power. Not one faileth. Has thou not known? Has thou not heard? That the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, fainteth not, neither is weary. There is no searching of his understanding. He, talking about the Lord, talking about God, talking about the Almighty One. He gives power to the faint, and to them that have no might, He increases strength. Call me by my name if you want strength. Call me by my name. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary, and they shall walk and not faint. But in order to do that, in order to receive that, because that's a gift to you and I, 
you got to call him by his name. I am the Lord. That is my name. There is no God but God. Hallelujah, Jesus. Did you feel that? Did you feel that anointing? I am the Lord. That is my name. There is no God but God. Hey, Jesus. Hallelujah. I am almighty God. Call me by my created name. And then call my son, my only begotten son, sent by me from heaven, divinely placed in a virgin womb, allowed himself, his own self, to be crucified, buried, and under divine authority, rose up and got up from the dead, was visibly seen by his disciples, ascended back into heaven, but not before he left behind for you and I that same divine power and authority to not just rise up, but get up and stay up. Hallelujah, Jesus. Children of God, let's keep talking. The Lord is saying, I want to heal you, but you won't stop calling me out of my name. I am the God that healeth thee. You can't get healed calling me the universe. You can't get healed calling me the man upstairs. You can't get healed calling me Mother Earth or Father Earth. You cannot get healed calling me energy. Hallelujah, Jesus. You cannot get healed calling me a higher power. Call me by my name. If you want to get healed. I am your creator. That is my name. I God. Creator. Of the heavens and the earth. But again. I say. Though I created the universe. That's not my name. The universe itself has to call on me. The universe itself is in chaos, groaning, coming apart at the very seams. But it can't heal you. Only the one that created the universe can heal you. You got to say the name. You got to say, Father, in the name of Jesus, my son. See, the two go hand in hand. You can't call on the Father unless you say, in the name of Jesus. And then you got to say to him, you got to humble yourself and get real sweet like, get real meek like. And say, Father, in the name of Jesus, 
I beseech you now, heal my broken heart. Comfort my very soul, lest I die. You got to acknowledge who he is. Listen. In the time of comfort, when you're so broken that you just think you want to die, that's the time to acknowledge him. That's the time to remember who he is. That's the time to bow down to him and say, God, if you don't keep me, I won't be kept. Listen. You may think that's hard to acknowledge him, to bow down before him. It's not that hard because if you can remember to curtsy and to bow down to kings and queens, if you can acknowledge, if you can reverence, if you can respect them in their positions, And bow down to them. If you can say Mr. and Mrs. When you go into a bank. To apply for a loan. If you can grovel to them. Because I tell you this. When you go into a bank to apply for a loan. You may see a person's first name and their last name. But guess what? You will never ever call them by by their first name. You will call them by their last name and you will put a handle to that last name. So I'm saying to you today, put a handle on God's name. The one that you want to dry your tears. The one that you want to comfort you. The one that you want to heal you. You better put a handle to his name and give reverence to that name. Call him by his name. You want his stuff. You want all of his stuff. But you don't want to call him by his stuff name. You want all of his healing. But you don't want to call him by his healing name. You want all of his money. You want all of his good gifts. Well he's the giver. Of every good and perfect gift. Call him by his name. If you want his stuff. Hallelujah, Jesus. I hear God. You want that loan? You better call me by my name. You want your job? You better call me by my name. And then I hear him saying, you want your sanity? (laughs) Hey, God. You had better call me by my name. I rule and I super rule. I am the Lord. That is my name. There is none other. There is no God but God. Hallelujah, Jesus. I'm going to go back to what I said in the beginning. How when someone calls your mother out of their name. Those were fighting words. 
that meant something that you will call someone as precious and as dear to me as my mother, that you will call her out of her name. We were going to go some if that happened. Well, listen, just like you were not playing when someone called your mother out of her name, God is saying, I'm not playing with you. I'm not playing with you. He's not walking around winking at your sin and your disrespect anymore. So who's not playing? God's not playing. Tell yourself. Say that to yourself. If you're driving your car, pull off to the side of the road and look up toward heaven and say, you're not playing with me. You're not playing with us anymore. If you're on your job right now, tiptoe into the bathroom and look up and say, God, the storyteller just said that you're not playing with us anymore. That we can't just call you by any name. That we have to call you by your created name. We've got to call your son by his saving name. He's not playing. And then go out. And when you leave out of the restroom, go in and tell somebody else. Say, guess what? God's not playing with us anymore. And then text somebody. And tell them, guess what? I know I'm not supposed to be texted on my job, but I got to tell you this. God said he's not playing with us anymore. He's serious. If you can remember to acknowledge everybody in their respective places, It's time that you remember who God is and then call him by his name. Amen. Listen. Get down on your knees and say to him, Father God, in the name of Jesus, Help me, heal me, comfort me, give me understanding of how you do things. Help me to understand your brand of righteousness. God, sometimes I have a hard time understanding how you do things. And he's all right with that because he said, All you have to do is come to me, call me by my name, come to me, and I will explain to you why I do what I do and how I do what I do. But you got to call me by my name. By golly, you better call him. By the name that he recognizes. If you want 
peace of mind. You can't give him what you want to give him. You got to give him what he wants. Do you not know that if God is not pleased, ain't nobody going to be happy? Keep calling him the man upstairs and see how much help you're going to get from the man upstairs. Keep calling him Mother Nature and watch the thunderstorm, the hail, the lightning, the fire, the wind, and the earthquakes come to a town near you in proportions never known to mankind before. Keep on calling him Mother Nature and see what that will get you. Psalm 29. I'm going to read that in your hearing and I'm going to take my time and read it. I'm going to give you some time to turn to that. I know you have your phones on you. And if you have that in your phone, turn with me as I read it to you. It says this. This is talking about the voice of the Lord. And it's talking about how powerful he is. Talking about God. Give unto the Lord. O ye mighty, give unto the Lord glory and strength. Give unto the Lord the glory that's due his name. Worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. Uh, I got to go back to that one. And listen real carefully. Give unto the Lord the glory due unto his name. Do you hear that? There's glory that's due his name. There's honor, there's reverence that's due his name. So do you not see why I'm so adamant this morning about telling you to stop calling him out of his name? Glory is due his name. So give unto the Lord the glory, hallelujah, Jesus, that's due unto his name. Worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. Stop being so ugly. Stop claiming that you're mad with God. You're nothing but a vapor. Don't be ugly with God. Worship Him in the beauty of holiness. Talk to Him in your sweet voice. Tell Him He's the lover of your soul. Call Him by the name that he wants you to call him. Don't make up a name. Don't be mystical with him. Just call him by his name. The voice of the Lord is upon the waters. Did you hear that? The voice, just just his voice, the power of his voice is upon the waters. The God of glory thundereth. 
The Lord is up on many waters. Go on and tell him, God, you're so powerful. You're so awesome. The voice of the Lord is powerful. The voice of the Lord is full of majesty. The voice of the Lord breaketh the cedars. Yea, the Lord breaketh the cedars of Lebanon. He maketh them also to skip like a calf. <laughs> Lebanon and Sirion, like a young unicorn. The voice of the Lord divideth the flames. Do you see how awesome your God is? And you want to call him creation instead of calling him creator? The voice of the Lord shaketh the wilderness. The Lord shaketh the wilderness of Kadesh. The voice of the Lord maketh the hinds to calf and discovereth the forest. And in his temple does everyone speak of his glory. Hmm. Except us. In his temple does everyone speak of his glory except his own creation. In his temple does everyone speak of his glory except those that he created in his own image and in his likeness. Except for mankind. The Lord sitteth upon the flood. Yea, the Lord sitteth king forever. That's who he is. He is king forever. The Lord will give strength unto his people. The Lord will bless his people with peace. But only the true and living God can do that for you. I am God. There is no other God. There is no God but God. I tell you, just when I say that, there is such a strong anointing when I say that. There's power in that. I am the Lord. That is, that is my name. There is no other. There's no God but God. Say that until you feel that. Say that until it means something to you. That there is no God but God. He is the only true and living God. Give God his glory. Hallelujah, Jesus. All of this, all that we enjoy, belongs to God. So he's saying, all of my majestic work in your life, in the lives of your children from generation to generation. All that's my majestic work. That's my handiwork. 
in your life and on your life. So therefore, call me Lord. Call me Lord God. Call me God of glory. But you can't call me universe. You can't call me energy. You can't call me Mother Nature. You can't call me the man upstairs. Mother Nature has to bow to my voice. Lest I totally destroy everything that refuses to bow to the sound of my voice. Remember how there was a great reckoning when someone called your mother out of called your mother out of her name. The Lord says today. Don't make me destroy everything. Just because you called me out of my name. I just told you about my capabilities. I just told you about my power. I just told you about my strength. Bow at the sound of my name. Bow at the sound of my voice. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. And then... My other issue with you, children of God, is the issue of my son. But what's the issue of your son, God? Well, the fact that you don't acknowledge him. I am almighty God. Call me by my name. But then you got to call my son, my only begotten son. Sent by me from heaven to earth for you to save you. I have a problem with that. Call him by his name, Jesus. the Christ, (laughs) your Redeemer, your Savior. You got to call him by his name, lest there be a great reckoning between me and you, lest there be a great reckoning that you can't handle. Again, I say, you can't come to me unless you come through my son. Well, I call, I do call him God, but what about his son? Do you acknowledge his son or are you still saying that he was just a good man? Do you acknowledge his son whose name is Jesus? Or are you saying he was just a prophet? There's going to be a great reckoning. You don't get your tears dried up 
You don't get the comfort that you think you need. You don't get the peace that only comes from me unless you come through my son. His name is Jesus. He was placed in the womb of a virgin. Now listen, I'm the one that allowed him to be crucified. I'm I'm the one that allowed him to be placed in a virgin's womb. I didn't ask your permission. He came here. He didn't fight against me. He did not disobey me. He allowed himself to be crucified. Allowed himself to be buried. And under divine authority, he rose up. He didn't stay dead. He rose up from the dead. But he left behind power. He did that for you at my command. Us working together, (laughs) being one. He left behind power for you. He could have just come on back to heaven, but he didn't. He said, I can't leave here and take my rightful place in heaven without leaving my precious people something. He left behind a comforter so that you would not be alone. So you would not be lonely. So that you would not be without direction. So that you would not be without guidance. Listen, he didn't just rise up. He didn't just get up. He got up and stayed up. He didn't just rise, but he got on up. You know how sometimes we get up and sit on the bed and take us a while before we can really get up? Well, he rolled, he didn't just rise up. He got up, but he got up with all power in his hand. And he did that so that you could get up. So that you could get up from any life situations. He's our proof that we don't have to cry forever. He's our proof that we don't have to mourn forever. That we don't have to cling to sadness. That we don't have to wear sadness like it's a garment forever. He got up for you and for I. But you won't even call him by his name. You deny his very existence. You said, I will talk about God, but I won't say a word about Jesus because I don't really believe in Jesus. Deny his existence. And you'll cry forever. Deny his existence. And you'll cling to sadness forever. Deny his existence and you will mourn forever. 
Accept him as your Lord and Savior. Call him by his name. And then weeping may endure for a night. But joy will come in the morning. Joy is promised to come. But you got to call him by his name. Psalm 30 and verse 5. Find it in your word. Go to your scripture. I'm not making this up. You may feel like I'm going to cry forever. But children of God. The one that. The ones that know his name. The ones that know how to call his name. Rest in the fact that weeping may endure for a night. But joy is promised to you. A joy that is sufficient for your pain. A joy that is sufficient for your hurt. A joy that is sufficient for your struggle. In the morning. Hey, God, (laughs) that kind of joy will come. But listen, you ain't going to get that calling him by another name. You got to call him by his name. If you want his joy, you got to call him by his name. You know his name. Call him by his saving name. Call the name. Acts 4 and 12 says this. There is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. That name is Jesus. There's no other name. That's what the Bible says. If you refuse that name, if you deny that name, then you get nothing on this side. And for sure, you get nothing on the other side. There is none other name. Think about that for a minute. Think about the names that you call. I don't care what wonderful person told you that you could call him higher power. I don't care what rich person, what celebrity, I don't care what highly intellectual person, I don't care what professor, I don't care what doctor, I don't care who told you. To call him by another name. I don't care who told you to do it. I don't care how much respect you have for them. I don't care how much money they have. The Bible says in the book of Acts 4 and 12, turn to it. It says, there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. That name is Jesus. There's no other name. No other name. I listen and I hear people say things, things, people that you all have great regard for. People that you love more than you love Jesus. People that you love more than you love God. 
If they said it, that's word. When I hear those people say things like, um, because they don't want to just say Jesus. That's not pol- politically correct. I might lose my job if I say Jesus. I might lose my publicity, my popularity. If I say Jesus. So I must be po- politically correct and just simply call him 